Yes, that sound you hear is the changing of the guard as Grizzles Gladiators has captured their second Phyllis Trophy in their team history. The reign of head is over. The glory of Grizzle is upon us. So, before we get into uh, recapping the Nellis Bowl Championship, just a brief announcement from me. And uh, I do have to let you know, I'm recording this amongst, uh, in between (laughs) taking care of three sick children at the same time. So if I seem distracted, that's why. Uh, It was a hard-fought season for the night shift. Uh, Just wasn't enough. Really reminds me of uh, way back when I went up against Chuck and uh, my team just didn't show up that day. They didn't this week either. They really didn't. Uh, you know, hats off to Greg. Had a great run. You believed in your boys, and you rode them all the way to the championship. So I'll turn that trophy over to you with your name proudly inscribed on it to show off in your office or wherever Jen lets you for the next year. Well, let's get into recapping this Nellis Bowl championship. going to go through this position by position. At quarterback, Matt Ryan did well for the Gladiators, despite his real-world loss, while Stafford, sadly, looked good at the beginning. Looked like he was going to go jump out to that big finish, and then he sucked it up. At wide receiver, this is the only area, aside from kicker, that uh, Night Shift can claim victory in over the Gladiators this week. They doubled the wide receiver output of the Gladiators, despite Michael Crabtree putting up a big, fat goose egg Monday night. At running back, I said last week that the Gladiators would own the running back position matchup, and I was not wrong. Gurley himself put up double Night Shift's entire running back production. Kind of wish that uh, they would have clinched their division and bye already, because they're not. He's not going to play next week, in week seventeen. But he did this week, and he played well for Grizzle in the finale. Throwing Fournette and Gordon having solid days, and is really where the tide turned. At tight end, would have really liked to see what Engram could have done for night shift if he hadn't been forced out of his game early with a rib injury. At kicker, like I said, the only other area night shift can claim but doubling is not as impressive in this category when it is 12 points to five not all that helpful either defense neither team had a stellar defense in this matchup but while grizzles gladiators was pedestrian night shift put up their worst defensive showing of their entire season in fact this was night shift's worst point output on the season and their worst postseason score of all time Kind of sad, yet fitting, that in the same postseason, Night Shift posts their best postseason score and their worst. Their only solace is that the points needed to win just weren't on their bench either. They could have done better, but it wasn't enough. On the other side of the field, Grizzles Gladiators rode their longest undefeated streak in the league earlier this season to the championship circle. Went a lot of the way to setting them up for the seating they needed to make everything happen, and hey... Good job. Their running game and a good enough defense were enough to make up for their weak wide receiver and tight end play. And, speaking of their defense, they put up enough points to keep the game away from night shift. 
Not too shabby for a team that received the second-worst draft grade four months ago and made less than half as many moves as 302 did. As we close the book on the 2017 season, just want to share 10 things that I have learned or that have jumped out at me this season. Just kind of a fun, real reminiscing. Start off with John as the Pierce. Roster Guide 99 has never won this esteemed award in his career, and it was quite shocking to see it happen. Though the writing was on the wall pretty early in the season, still, at the end of it all, I don't think any of us really expected it. Number two, Todd Gurley's Redemption Tour. After last season, it was anyone's guess what Gurley was going to do this year, but he truly is the league MVP, because without him, Greg would not be hoisting this Phyllis Trophy, no matter what Fournette and Gordon did. So we, I guess we truly can call this season the Todd Gurley Redemption Tour. Number three, you truly cannot win the league at the draft, but you can lose it. Grizzlies Gladiators were projected to finish 10th in the league, and Night Shift were projected to finish 7th. They finish 1 and 2, respectively. Meanwhile, to prove that you can lose the league in the draft, Lance Manlove was projected to finish 12th. They finished 11th. Roster Guard 99, after pulling a Mike Dick gun, leveraging pretty much their entire draft value for Ezekiel Elliott, who spent half the season off the field, was projected to finish 11th. They finished 11th and 12th, respectively. So you can't win it, but you can lose it. Some thoughts to remember for next year's draft. Also, my third, my fourth point, bridging off this third one, our winning draft of an A-plus grade for Sweatman's Runners finished ninth, didn't even make the playoffs. So, again, even though the draft is important next year, it's not the only thing, the only formula for winning. Number five. We had three new teams of the eight available playoff slots this year. Three teams that were not in it last year. So, nice to see that the parity in our league is, is working. Number six, our league champ was 10th place last season and has at least five players this season that they did last year. Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, Christian Kirksky, Marvin Jones, and Melvin Gordon. So he managed to keep some of these guys and snag some of them. He believed them in enough, saw something in them, and they did just enough throughout the season to get them to playoffs, and then they performed like they needed to. So there's some wise drafting there, and I'm not sure I didn't look through, Greg, but I don't know if you picked up any of these guys off the waiver or if they were all draft picks. Too many puking kids to do the research this week. Number seven, almost had a repeat Pierce. Lance Manlove finished only one spot better than he did last year, so I guess that's improvement. But at the same time, you gave yourself a scare there. Just something to think about. Number eight, the Haterade Dominance. Uh, all season long, 302 kept around their mouth about how Haterade was the weaker, less sexy uh, division that just couldn't stand up to the big brother. And yet the final four was all Haterade. The final two was all Haterade. Our champion for the second year in a row is from the Haterade division. So it might be time to start to rethink that perspective there, 302 and other crazy horse members who think their crap don't stink. Number nine, just some thoughts on uh, individual dominance. 
Looking at the whoop-ass award from all season long, Awful Waffles and Gridiron Mafia both held the title of whoop-ass, the award of whoop-ass of the week, three times. The Unsullied and 302 both held it twice. And once for Night Shift, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer, Lance Manlove. They all held that title at least once. None of them won the league. Meanwhile, Sweatman's Runners, The Outcast, Rossigar 99, Ninja Panthers, and our league champion, Grizzles Gladiators, not once this season did they have the biggest blowout of the week. Not sure what that means going forward, but just a fun observation. And number 10, it really is going to suck to hand over the Phyllis. That's all. It just stinks. So, uh, as we close the book completely on this regular season, remember, commissioner nominations are ongoing as Bizzle stepped down and I need a co-commissioner. As of the time of this recording, Ben is the only nomination. Uh, So, if anyone wants to add their weight to that vote, well, that nomination, no vote yet, or if they think someone else uh, could step into the role, make sure you do it now, because it's not going to be open forever. Also, the winter meetings are going to start February 5th via the Nellis email threads, so be ready for that. The NFFL Award nominations, we started those last year, had a lot of fun with them. We're going to do them again this year. Those will be coming soon, though, so uh, watch your email for those ballots. They'll come out via email. And Mancation 2018 is coming sooner than you might think. We are scheduled for August 2nd through the 5th, that's a Thursday through Sunday, in Deep Creek. The address, the house... You can see the link in your email, so just search for Mancation 2018. That's all for this season's worth of podcasts. I might come back and do a special episode here and there in the off-season, just for fun if I feel like I've got the time and want to scratch an itch for fantasy football. But it's been a blast. Loved having you guys uh, at your input week in and week out. And I'm looking forward to a fun off-season and hoping to uh, come back and make a run at the Phyllis for myself next year. So thank you, guys. Good night, good luck, congratulations Greg, the Phyllis will be yours in August. Good night everybody.